Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah This is Guys with Bibles. <laughs> I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. And we are... Do- and I'm not near as enthusiastic as Sean is tonight. <laughs> I had a lot of Mountain Dew. I'm all jacked up. Uh, um, I'm fueled by beef stew and Mountain Dew right now. <laughs> um, and so will your septic tank in about eight hours. <laughs> I gotta get that. Reminds me, I gotta get that thing pumped. <laughs> uh, what we're doing, Nehemiah f- chapter four tonight. Yes, we are. So, and we've kind of got away from reading the entire chapter, right? We kind of have, but we can always start again. It, it doesn't matter to me. I was. This is a shortish chapter. I have I have notes up through. I have some notes up through uh, verse fourteen. Well, you just drop. So you just don't want to do notes for the other half of the chapter. Or oh no, I've got I've got notes for the other <laughs> half. But I was <laughs> I was thinking what notes were most packed into the most concise section, and that's about that's about it. Oh, okay. Or up to sixteen, I guess I should say. So, all right. Well, Would you do you want me to read it, or at least read the first part at least? Yeah, read up through uh, fourteen. We'll we'll do that. Okay. Now it came about that when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him, and he said, even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break down their he would break their stone wall down. Hear, O our God, how we are despised. Return their reproach on their own heads and give them up for plunder in a land of captivity. Do not forgive their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out before you, for they have demoralized the builders. So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on, and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause a disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God, and because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Thus in Judah it was said, The strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish. And we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. 
Our enemies said, they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where you may turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. This here ends the reading. <laughs> so it's getting kind of epic here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always. I kind of was thinking, in my, as I was reading it, there was some like Lord of the Rings music playing in, in my head. Yeah, I was like. This a, is like Aragorn's speech in The Return of the King. Like verse 14, it kind of kind of reminds me of like the Braveheart speech a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They may take our lives, but they'll never take our wall. But anyway, starting at the beginning of the chapter, Sanballat, he he is obviously mocking the Jews here, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I find it quite um, funny, the uh, the thing Tobiah the Ammonite says about the fox on the wall, the fox is <laughs> yeah. A fox jumping over it could bring the whole thing down. Yeah, they're, they're really... Uh, they're really stabbing in the dark here. For Foxes were a real menace anyway, so it's, it's an apt comparison. They still are. They're little hairy bags of rabies. <laughs> yeah, the mockery, the mockery aspect. You know, you can, you can tell when people, people, when they're backed in a corner and there's really nothing they can do, they turn to verbal jests and mockery and things like that. Yeah. So I think even, even they in their mind knew that there's really nothing they could do to stop the building of the wall. So they just had to mouth off, and that was really all that they had the power to do. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand that. That's usually what I end up doing. <laughs> Start mocking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you turn on the sarcasm a little bit. It makes you feel a little bit better if there's nothing you can do about the situation you don't care about. Right. My sarcasm's always kind of there, so I just have to turn it up. <laughs> but. And this is, this is really sarcastic, too. Can can they finish it in a day? You know who who could nobody could finish it in a day. They their goal wasn't to finish it in a day, right? But you gotta he had to make a joke of it, and obviously it, it didn't work. Like it didn't stop him from from building the wall either. Right, right. It it kind of helped actually. It kind of fueled the fire a little bit, I think. Yeah, but uh, I think it was verses four and five. I think this is the first of, like, I think three imprecatory prayers um, prayed by Nehemiah. That was a big word, Sean. I know, it hurt a little. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) I smell smoke now. It's uh, coming out my ears. (laughs) Overheating, overheating. Yeah, yeah, he's he's praying uh, punishment on the enemies. I was going to ask you to explain what an imprecatory prayer was. For our yeah, you can see a lot of them in the Psalms where, where David will ask God to, you know, destroy his enemies that either are pursuing him to kill him or mocking him. Uh, and, and he, in a way that makes us feel pretty uncomfortable, basically asks God to take them out sometimes. Like, like, uh, like Nehemiah says here, don't let their sins be blotted out. 
which is a pretty a pretty big thing to ask for, you know. In a in a weird roundabout way, it kind of shows how he views God as a very gracious God that forgives sin. Absolutely. Well, I mean, he he's been able to come home from an exile. Right. It kind of reminds me of Jonah at the end of Jonah. You know, he he get basically gets like ticked off at God because he actually you know forgave sin. And he was, he was like, I knew you were going to forgive their sin. That's why I didn't want to do it. I wanted him to... I knew you were a, a gracious God. <laughs> yeah, his nature doesn't really change. Right. So yeah, you should have expected this. You know, I, I, have a, I had a hard time reading this thing about the mockery. You know, we're recording this just after Easter. And, you know, Jesus endured a lot of mockery as well. You know, oh, that's, yeah. that's pretty well recorded in the Gospels. And... Uh, where Nehemiah, his response to the mockery was not only to pray an imprecatory prayer, but also to hand out weapons to his friends and neighbors to protect themselves. But when Jesus was being mocked, he was not only not fighting back like a sheep to the slaughter, but he was actually um, dying, giving up his life for his enemies, the, the people who were mocking him, and would go on to mock him through history. You know, people still mock Jesus today. It's all over the place. But still, Jesus laid down his life for the mockers and the despisers, uh, like me, and then uh, and then called calls sinners like us to be saved. Right. And I like how the people respond in verse 9 to Nehemiah's prayer by doing basically a corporate prayer. Um, mm-hmm. And I find I, I think this is interesting too. Um, it says, "And we pray." I, I have the ESV, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you're like, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, it says, "And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night." So th- mm-hmm. they prayed together, but they also did a pretty common sense thing and set up, you know, a guard, set up some protection. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because there's it, the way a lot of people talk now is they some people would say that if you if you are are taking up self defense that you don't trust God because if you if you really believed in God and trusted in God then you would uh, allow Him to take care of you in His own time and I know a lot of people do argue that way but there are a lot of instances where. Uh, not only followers of Jesus, but even even in this section where people, God's covenant people, did protect themselves with with weapons, right? Um, because why why would it be honorable? Why would it honor God for them to be murdered senselessly while they're trying to do what God had called them to do? Right, and th- this always—it's not like a martyrdom here. This is this is merely a political thing. Yeah. So why should why should God's people be slaughtered for political reasons? Uh, and not protect themselves while they do God's work. Um, this this always comes back um, nowadays. Uh, here in Ohio, you if you do a little training course, you can get your carry and conceal license. And uh, many Christians, many law-abiding citizens have that. In, mm-hmm. in fact, you have to be a law-abiding citizen because you go through a ba- several background checks. Right. But... A lot of people say that that's wrong to do if you're a Christian. And always my my retaliation to that is 
if that's wrong and God forbid we get in a situation where I would have to defend myself or even my kids, especially my kids, Mm -hmm. is that loving my neighbor by just letting my kids get slaughtered in front of me or should I do something, you know, to maybe dissolve that situation? Right, because the same guy who could hurt you and your kids today could come for your neighbor tomorrow. Right. In fact, probably will. And that's not, you know, as a as a father, your your job is to, you know, protect your kids and protect your family and raise them and nurture them in the and, word. Know, they, and you, you can't do that if... And protect their lives. Yes. They are under your charge, after all. Yes. Um, You know, I know it's kind of sticky when you get to matters of conscience like this, where there's there's no one particular uh, passage in the Bible that says you must protect yourself or you must not protect yourself. You know, it's not like the 11th commandment or something like that. So it's, you know, you, in one sense, you have to be sensitive to some people, some people don't like guns or don't like violence or are extremely opposed to to being involved in an altercation of some kind. Um, that doesn't necessarily make it a sin, but if you don't if your conscience says that you are not permitted to to do something like that, to get a concealed carry permit or something like that, then you shouldn't do it, absolutely. Right. You don't go against conscience, but it also shouldn't be a hard and fast rule that nobody should be allowed to. You know, We have Christian liberty for a reason. We, we just shouldn't uh, parade around, you know. Don't go flashing your gun at people. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm, I'm free. I've got a gun and I'm a believer, you know. Yeah. It's not, that's not a good yeah, thing. Yeah, don't walk down the street have, shooting it in the air, yelling America. Yeah, yeah, you, you have to follow your conscience. And obviously here, it, it was a no-brainer for, for the, the Jewish people back in Jerusalem. They needed to protect themselves because they were totally surrounded by enemies that wanted them to fail. Honestly, wanted them dead, probably, even though it doesn't say it here, but these historic enemies of, of God's people had been after their lives for a long, long time. Yeah. So nothing would have changed here. So it was kind of a no-brainer for them to defend themselves here. Okay, well, um, I did have something on verse... Uh, well, really, verses 11 to 14. Um, they were stationing people with swords, spears, and bows. Um, I, I have a hard time... I read the Old Testament, and I... I see echoes of the New Testament all over the place. Uh, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad, because sometimes the Old Testament needs to be the Old Testament, and the New Testament needs to be right. the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, uh, I, I when I was thinking about this chapter, I kept coming back to comparing the, the armor and the weapons they have here with the armor of God listed in um, Ephesians. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Which you did a great blog series on, by the way. Yeah, that's the only reason I know where it's at because I had to <laughs> I had to stay in that chapter for a month and a half. <laughs> you know, uh, God has equipped His covenant people with um, with not only weapons here in this section, but we most importantly have the most important weapons and in defense, which is spiritual. Uh, we have the Word of God, we have the shield of faith, um, with the sword of the Spirit, helmet of salvation, 
<clears throat> all those things, helmet of salvation, you know, um, all those things are especially important because the the most dangerous fights that we are are in aren't physical; they're spiritual. Right. And if 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 we neglect the tools that God's given us, um, reading the Word, um, well, even the the ordinary means of grace, I think all kind of come into this too because the means of grace support this the the armor of god really because we're they're kind of the the way that we're refreshed reading the word prayer um you know a lot of these things uh, happen at church but the the church ordinances of uh, baptism and the lord's supper you know all these all these things and more help us to to bolster our our own resolve and uh keep our weapons and defenses up yeah and the 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 cool thing especially about um, being Baptist is when you when you get to witness when you are Baptist. <laughs> the coolest thing about being Baptist is that you're Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> Not just any Baptist, a particular Baptist. Yes, very particular. But um, when you get to see another person get baptized after after the fact that you've been baptized it it really and this works with basically every church but a lot of a lot of churches you're baptized as a baby and you don't remember your baptism but it's it's so intense when you see somebody go down on the water and come back up and you you actually can you remember you know the, when you Absolutely. were baptized and what that signifies and and you and you were old enough to understand the spiritual significance of what was going on in the ordinance too. So not only do you have the you have the memory of the visceral experience of going into and out of the water, but you fully understood, or maybe understood, or definitely understood, understand now the spiritual significance of what baptism means and being identified with Christ and with His death and resurrection. Right, and the the cool thing is uh, baptism. You think that's happening which in a sense it is, it's happening to this one individual. But it's really a means of grace for everybody right there witnessing it as well. Sure. It's uh, it's just a, it's a reminder of, you know, what it means to be in Christ, be immersed in Christ. It's very cool. Yeah, it's part of the power of it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, do we want to journey through the rest of the chapter? Sure. I can Are there any specific Yeah, go ahead. Do you want me to go read, ahead it? read it? Yeah, why not? Do you want me to read it? There's only uh a few more verses. I I'm in the ESV yeah. though, so we're going to That's fine. It might jump it might sound a little different. I may just break out my ESV right now so we match. <laughs> go ahead. You do you do that and I'll uh I'll change off screen. All right. When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears, shields and bows and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapons with the other, and each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me, and I said to the nobles and to the officials, 
and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work, and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at that time, Let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be a guard for us by night and may labor by day. So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept his weapon at his right hand. This here ends the reading. <laughs> Let us bless the Lord. <laughs> Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, it's interesting that we kind of have a, almost kind of a diary portion of what a normal day began to look like after Nehemiah broke out the, the goods. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't imagine how difficult it would be to, to lay bricks while you've got a sword strapped to your hip or your back. You know, this wasn't like a little pig sticker or something. This is a, this is a heavy weapon. Legitimate. Yeah. Uh, and those things are heavy too. Yeah, and plus I'm sure they had, well, it doesn't say this in particular, I guess, but um, I'm, it mentioned earlier coats of mail and uh, mm-hmm. all th- this armor, and none of that stuff is light, so. No. And, it, and it's hot, it's ple- so yeah, you're, you're laying bricks in the hot day. With hot metal all over you. Demon hunters yeah. playing in the background, I'm kidding. Does- <laughs> it does. It doesn't sound especially fun. No. I have to admit. No, not at all. But um, they were always on guard, packing heat. <laughs> That's right. Now there was there was a note in the um, in the NASB. It me- it made mention of the watering hole uh, in that section. I think where it said um, none of us took off our clothes. Yeah. It also in, in place of that it said um, never took off his weapon at the watering hole. So even even when they were bathing or going to get a drink or anything like that, they still had their weapon they on. They were them. always, you know, on, always on guard, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, ever ever watchful. Ever watchful, like it says in First uh, Peter five eight, to always be watchful. Be sober minded. Yeah. And so I guess I'm, you know, I guess that's what it takes. You know, if you're if you're totally surrounded by enemies and they could come at night, you have to have a night watch now, and they've got to be packing. And that, of course, that basically split the workforce in half because if you've got half of your people standing guard at night, yeah. and you can't put everyone to work in the daytime, right? So the security operation, I would imagine, would have cut into the productivity of the construction. Yeah, that aspect would've, that would have definitely slowed it down. But I guess it was worth it because the whole point of rebuilding the wall was for the people to, to be home again and to worship in the temple. Right. And what's the sense in having that if everybody's getting picked off by archers around or various raids from some enemy and people are, are dying, you won't have any worshipers left to worship God. Now, uh, let's see here. I also thought it was interesting, uh, if we go back to the beginning of this section, verse 15, it says uh, God had frustrated their plan. So it's it's kind of interesting that they, 
what's what's his name? Sam Ballot. Um, mm-hmm. And the little weasel and his little cohort there uh, are trying to attempting to frustrate the plan of building the wall, essentially trying to stop it from happening. God and has anyone ever been able to stop God's plan before? I don't think so. (laughs) No, (laughs) Uh, but But good luck trying. But yeah, God basically kind of turns that around on them and frustrates their plan and the wall continues to be built. It's too bad he couldn't have given him a verbal smackdown like in Job. That would have been kind of entertaining. <laughs> those Could last you imagine? those last chapters of Job like shoot. Oh man. I laugh, but it, cuz it's not me, but if it were me it would be terrible. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't I would never want to have to hear those things from God. <laughs> and then Job just, you know, sits there with his mouth open. He can't really say anything, yeah. so Yeah, he finally stops talking. Yeah, he finally stops complaining about everything. He's like, maybe you're right, since you're God. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, did you have any final thoughts on the chapter at all? Um, I don't think so. I think we hit it pretty good. Yeah, yeah I think I think we did. There's not really um, a whole lot in this chapter, so I think we... Yeah, we're we're getting as much marrow out as we can. Yeah. I will say though, I I think the vigilance aspect is is interesting here too because God's God's people have always had to be vigilant against various uh, uh, opposition and uh, and danger, sometimes physical, sometimes you know spiritual. But um, I did want to read First Peter five eight since we got it. a little time. Do it um, on the uh, on the vigilance front. Um, actually, I'll start in, I'll start with verse six. Why not? Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, showing that the same kinds of suffering that are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So, I, you know, in a similar way, they had an enemy that was kind of prowling, at the at the at the gates looking for someone to take out and not only did they they were prudent and they had their defenses ready ready to go swords and shields and night watch and all that but but it also said that they they remembered god right uh that's that's verse 14 uh, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Yeah, the. Remember why you're doing what we're doing here. Yeah, the. You know when you're when you're in danger, the thing that you're that you were doing first before threats came kind of pales in comparison. Right. You just want to drop and run, you know. And I think they needed that speech from Nehemiah to say, you know, we're here because God, God told us. We needed to be here to rebuild the temple and begin proper worship again. So don't let the pressure from these people on the outside who don't understand and don't care and, and hate God, don't let them make you lose your resolve to see this these walls built and this temple built. Yeah, and that's basically the backbone of this chapter, really, is Nehemiah bringing them back to God and to why they're there to begin with, I would say. Totally. So. Totally. I know we haven't asked this question in a while, but Sean, what Bible are you reading tonight? Um, we know I, it's an ESV. Uh, I'm actually 
I have all my notes uh, circled and written in my little uh, ESV Reformation Study Bible condensed edition. So ooh, nice. So I I have I'm using that. I'm not using a. What premium. color did you get? It's the light brown, leather like. Okay. It's it's nice. not even a premium Bible, but I uh, I really like it because I can carry it around and I'm I can beat it up and throw it and. I can scuff the cover, and it's not even real leather, so it doesn't bother me. So. Chip up the uh, the gilding on it, because it's, it's got gold gilt, doesn't it? It has no gilt on it. No gilt at all. Wow. Yeah, it just looks like a stack of paper. That's a, that's interesting. So uh, now you, if you get the the uh, larger, or not the larger, the uh, the fanciest version of this Bible, it's genuine leather. And I believe it has, I believe it has gold art gilt. Nice. I think that's the one I got. I have have one that's like, it's a gray leather touch kind of a thing. And it's got gilding on the, on the edges. Now see my, I had to like kind of break it apart. Yeah. My, is that the full size one? Full size one. Yeah. My full size one's like a charcoal gray leather touch. And, uh, I think it must be the same. It has the silver gilding. And I got yeah. a big percentage off on it. See, I, I bought it. that one. I didn't get anything off on that one, I think. I, I think I bought that one full price from Ligonier. <sighs> Never pay full price. No. But <laughs> but I got this condensed one uh, for, I think, like 20, 25 bucks. So. Was that the thing I sent you that offer on? Yeah, yeah. I remember back I got, then. Okay, okay. I got one for me and one for my brother. and uh, That was uh, Reformation Trust, wasn't it? I believe, or I was it? Have to, was it West? Oh no, it was Westminster. Westminster Theological yeah. Seminary had their bookstore had a a sale going on for uh, Ligonier stuff. See, this is why it's sometimes okay to sign up for promotional emails. Yes, I don't mind a little junk mail from my uh, Christian publishers because <laughs> <laughs> it ain't junk. <laughs> it ain't junk. Well, now, since you've been talking about your your uh, lo-fi Bible, now I feel kind of guilty because I broke out my uh, Imperial Blue uh, ESV Quintel uh, by Skyler. Well, Gorgeous. I'm, Most I, beautiful text block you will ever see. I can see my Imperial Blue Credo Quintel from where I'm sitting. So, With blue under silver art gilt, yes. which is wonderful. It's my favorite colorway. Yeah, I uh, I'm partial to brown and black Bibles, but that imperial blue is very nice. Ooh, sharp, sharp. Speaking of sharp, are you using any pencils tonight? I am not. I I am pencil free. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at. I have been uh, writing my blogs with the Blackwing Eight Eleven that you yeah you gave me. the the glow in the dark the glow in the dark one. Yeah, pretty cool. And I've been using the Blackwing uh, Volume Fifty Four as well. So, that's got the hard graphite. Yeah, the I think it's is it just no, it's extra firm, isn't it? It's the extra firm graphite, which is kind of like a number two pencil, probably. And I still Usually think Blackwings are softer. I still think it's softer than a number two pencil. It probably is. But um, I'm really enjoying this Timber Twist Bullet Pencil, though. I really, I really hope by the time this uh, posts that uh, the shop is back up online and I can post a link to it. Because right now the website is 404. That makes me which very is sad. really sad. 
Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I hope I hope they get it up and going again because these are beautiful piece of American craftsmanship right here. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a it's really vintage because a lot of people nowadays don't know what a bullet pencil is, but they used to give them away as like business promotions for you know local businesses like lumber yards or gas stations or the Dairy Queen or whatever you have in there. They they yeah, have it's a, like it's like those uh those bit click pens that people give away now. Yeah, it used yeah. to be bullet pencils instead. Oh, that that reminds me, it was kind of laughable. I just I just signed them. Um, the mortgage on my house. I just refinanced my house. <laughs> womp, so womp, so womp. I, I signed my life away for 30 years for this loan with a, with this pen that has the name of the bank on it. Yeah. And, and I signed the last paper and he was like, Oh, you can keep the pen. I'm like, Oh, thanks a lot, man. Wow. Thank you. I your th- generosity. I threw it in the trash on the way out. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You I sh- kept it. You should have grabbed like eleven more. You're like, you know what? For what I just did, I need twelve of your pens. Give me a baker's dozen. <laughs> oh, one one other quick thing before we do the before we do the sign off spiel. Uh, everyone, get excited because we have a special guest coming up on our next Nehemiah episode. Uh, we're not gonna. I don't want to give it away now, or should we give it away now? What do you think? Um, I think we should give it away now. Maybe they can look up who he is okay. if they don't know who okay. he is. And good. All right. I was I was glad you said that. On our next Nehemiah episode, so that's Nehemiah chapter five. We are going to have the one, the only Dwayne Atkinson, host of the Bar Podcast, Biblical and Reformed. Really good interview based podcast. Uh, he talks to some of the leading names in Christianity, specifically more often than not Reformed in reformed circles, but, um, really good show, really good guy. Uh, we were really excited that he was going to come on and talk to, talk to us about the Bible. And so we're going to study that, uh, together the next Nehemiah episode. So that'll be two weeks from now. And, uh, we're pretty stoked. Yeah. He's a, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's a real good guy. And, uh, very, uh, very knowledgeable, not even, not with just, you know, scripture and Christianity, but, in the podcasting world and the business world, he's very knowledgeable and he's, he's, uh, he's given us quite a bit of advice over just the small amount of time we've been talking to him. So, yeah. Yeah. No matter what he says, he's a very smart guy. He might tell you otherwise, but it's not true. Right. (laughs) If there's anybody that's not smart, it's me. (laughs) I don't know. With a mustache like yours, there's gotta be some intelligence in that noggin. I, I used all the energy, from my brain to grow the mustache so <laughs> you gotta use, wait for like the, the I for my, it to refill again yeah i used my free will to grow the mustache <laughs> uh it's the one it's the one good thing your will is for yes do you have a question to ask me sean i don't think so oh uh well. <laughs> you can ask me that's fine no, you have to you have to do it every time. I feel bad for you. <laughs> All right. Well, where can they find us, Lee? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> they, they can find us at guyswithbibles.com. There they can read the blog posts that we post. Uh, the goal is to do two a week. We've done pretty well at that so far. Now that I've said that, it's probably going to get all messed up, but yep. uh, thems are the breaks. Um, then you can also listen to the audio of the podcast on the podcast page 
on the website if you're not into subscribing to podcasts. And if you are, we are on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, any podcatcher of your choosing. Just search Guys with Bibles. We're the guys with the white background and the blue, the blue book. Um, and it'll say Guys with Bibles, obviously. Aside from that, you must go to Facebook. You must search Guys with Bibles. You must click Join. And then we will let you in. Have some discussion, which is always fun. We're trying to make that happen more and more. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter, at Guys with Bibles. Same handle on Instagram. And uh, I think that's about it at this point. The email. Oh, and the email. Yes. Yeah, you can email us directly at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Also, if you really want to, if you're a, a podcast subscriber person, head on over to the podcast page uh, on iTunes or Google Play or wherever and uh, leave us a review, preferably five stars, but we won't make you uh, lie before God if you really don't like what we're doing. Yeah, if you don't like what we're doing, just just don't give us a rating. Or just don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an option, too. The least said, the better mended. As my grandma always said. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. <laughs> anyway, that's the spiel. All right. Well, this is Guys with Bibles, and we're out. <laughs>